welcome everyone to the very latest Bolt from the Blue podcast. Now, it's not a particularly optimistic, uh, happy set of three guys that you would expect. But anyway, they're here and uh, we've got Bernard. Bernard, how are you doing? Oh, usual, mate. I'm sort of, I have to try and turn the mic off if I start coughing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sure I'll find enough words to get through uh, last night's, uh, yesterday's performance, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. We've also got Ray here as well. Ray, um, how are you doing? Are you de- are you as depressed as I am? I'm, I'm not not happy. Not happy. I'm not going to. I thought Bernard was going to say he's, he might start crying. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm not. You might start I'm, coughing, mate. Not crying. That's that's the problem. Uh, well, I tell you, after yesterday's performing performance, I thought crying would was the right way to look at it. Um, I'm not. <sighs> Down, yes, I'm absolutely down. I told Bernard earlier on I'd planned to go down the Curry Mile down Wilmslow Road after the game to get something to eat. And it, I tell you what, you know, after that performance and result, and then it was raining all the way, and and you know you're walking in the rain, and you think it's like food don't taste as nice. Food food just doesn't taste as nice when when you chuck in that sort of performance. But um, uh, you know we we roll on. We've got. Easy games against Chelsea coming up, so we'll look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, well, let's go over to Bernard um, because we we always start with Bernard and the lineups. And um, you know, this this was something. I spoke to my dad on the phone, and he said this was an absolute home banker. And I was <laughs> thinking, um, Dad, what 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 are you talking about? And he was just saying, did, Well, you, you know, sure you, sure you understood what he said. Did he say? Did, did he, he say banker or something else? Well, he 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 can possibly from time to time refer to me as uh, the other word with a di- diff- different beginning. <laughs> what do you mean? But, um, what do you mean from time to time? I thought that was your middle name. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's good to laugh, isn't it? I, I'm thinking of Antonio Conte. It's good to laugh. Um, but uh, anyway, let's start off with the um, the the, the lineup um, and go to Bernard for this. So there wasn't. Many, possibly only one change. I think, if, if I, if I judge it correctly. Anyway, we had Aderson, Rico Lewis, Stones and Akanji again. Nathan Ake on the other side. Rodri, uh, Bernardo Silva this time. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, uh, Mares, uh, Erling Haaland, and yet again, <clears throat> much to the chagrin of. Um, Certain city supporters on Twitter, uh, uh, Jack Grealish. Uh, our subs were um, Ortega, Kyle Walker. Don't know his state of fitness. Uh, sexy body, uh, Callan, uh, Calvin Phillips. Cancelo hasn't got a look in so far. Gundogan, who came on a bit later. Alvarez, the World Cup winner. Uh, Sergio Gomez, we haven't seen in a while. Phil Foden and uh, Cole Palmer. Looking at the Everton lineup. Um, not that difficult to predict in my view. Uh, Pickford, Patterson, Malkolenko, Godfrey, Connor Cody, Tarkovsky, uh, Idrissa Gay, someone that I've always um, liked, but he's getting on a bit now. Um, uh, Onana, Iwobi, Damari Gray, we'll speak about him. And um, then Calvert Lewin, he was um, basically. Playing? It was it was his first sort of game back after a long a long time out. So uh, let's let's ask uh, Bernard 
Bernard, um, how many of those did you get right this time? Yeah, you're quite right. There's only one change to uh, to the Leeds game. Uh, I only got seven, mate. So very disappointed. I had uh, I had Walker coming back in preparation for the Chelsea game. I mean, on the basis of this, is he going to start Lewis against Chelsea? You would think so, based on how he's he's going to him. Uh, I had Laporte, not a Kanji. I don't mind a Kanji, but I thought Laporte would get a go. I had Gund- I had um, Gundogan instead of Bernardo in that position, and I had Foden. Uh, folding for Mares, so yeah, I got a pretty pathetic seven. But uh, yeah, the old Harland Grealish uh, wing play link is is back in fashion, isn't it? I mean, it's one of the formations most City fans cry about and whinge about when they see it. But Pep's two games in a row, he, he's gone for it. Ray, I know I that I I know that you 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 don't like do this man for man and do scoring, but um, what 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 was your view? Mine or Bernard's? Uh, yours, yours. Right. What, what would you think about well, the lineup? I, I thought I actually did a stream last night uh, and yesterday uh, when the team was coming. I thought Bernard would get ten. I really did. But you know, everybody's expecting uh, Walker to come back. I don't think there's any problem with his fitness. Uh, everybody's expecting him to come back in for uh, Rico. Everybody's expecting Cancelo to come back in on the left, and Pep's just gone. Maybe these guys showed a lot in training. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe that's maybe that's it. There's got to be a reason. You know, Grealish and Mares kept their places when we got Foden, and all right, I don't think Alvarez was going to start. I, I had him down to come on. Um, it, you know, later on in in the piece, um, which actually he did, but I was I was surprised that Foden. You know, didn't start the game. I really was surprised, um, and it's a shame. And I, I talked about it yesterday on one of my streams that you know we can't, we haven't got three midfield spots for Gundogan, uh, Bernardo, and uh, KDB because I, you know, I think it's hard to drop any of them. Um, KDB is, in Pep's eyes, undroppable. I don't think we'd all agree, but in Pep's eyes, he's undroppable. And then it's just Bernardo or uh, Gundogan, you know, whoever Pep. Fancies at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start off uh, w- uh, with Bernard, and I think that uh, Bernard's next game, his next live game, is going to be against Southampton. Um, yeah, uh, but, well, um, Chelsea, Chelsea in the FA Cup. Chelsea in the FA Cup before that one. But um, how did you think uh, we opened up, Bernard? Um, well, I-, I panicked a little bit, mate. I'm not, I'm not aware of Harlan staying down. And he gets a kick, he usually uh, bounces back up. So when he went down, it was it the second minute. Uh, obviously, he got up a little bit pissed off, didn't he? But uh, I was a little bit worried because I'm not used to that. I'm not used to Haaland staying down. So I thought, oh my God, something's happened. Um, but fortunately, he was okay. He played. They played the full game, of course. Uh, but no, it was a pretty dire. I mean, Everton set up as as we expected them to, same as they did last season. I mean, it was literally a minute before half time last season when I think it was Sterling got us in the lead, uh, and they set up exactly the same. Set up to waste time. Set up to be physical, and I think the first half chance we had, I think was, I think Harlan th- thought he had about ten yards to play with when he tried to round the keep, but he only had about two yards to play with. But uh, and he hit the side netting, but. I, that was the eleventh minute, and then uh, you're talking twenty odd minutes, I think, before we we even got another another chance because uh, Everton were just just blanking out everything we were trying to do. They did, Ray. They had five across the uh, the back, and um, we just come into this game off the news that uh, United had 
sneaked a win against Wolves. But um, Haaland looked up for this one, I thought, especially uh, in a particular incident we'll talk about later. Obviously, eating a lot of red meat before this game, but um, well, he, he, got, he, 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 was, he was up for it. Absolutely. Well, he got fouled in that that. That first foul was, was probably after 20 seconds, where he he was waiting to, in jumping up to just before he jumped up to head the ball, or got a challenge for a header. Um, was it Godfrey stood, uh, trod on his ankle or his heel uh, or his Achilles? So that's why he went down. Um, it's and he, I think he you know it was a niggly game. Everton were fouling us whenever they could. It's it's a standard fare for a from a poor team and a and a rank. Shite manager in Lampard. Lampard's crap, you know. Um, I hope Everton go down, you know, because they, they play an, an unappetizing brand of football. You know, there's nothing to cheer you up. And then afterwards, they say, oh, we were great, or we, we didn't deserve to lose, or, you know, like the Wolves game, you know, they deserve to lose against Wolves and they cr- come out crying. Um, so they were very physical, overly physical. Uh, and then that took. It took us off our stride a bit because Harlan was getting in with Godfrey. You know, we'll talk about the goal and stuff. And after the goal, he had to go at Godfrey, um, and they lured us in. You know, into a to, to to debase ourselves to play their game, their fouling game. But one of the biggest bugbears of mine um, yesterday was Everton players would foul a City player and then go down as if they were injured, and the ref would just. You know, maybe that's a ruse to, to avoid getting a yellow card. But it's happened so many times and it just wastes time. And we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about the time wasting tactics. You know, I mean, we've been lucky to get 45 minutes of ball in play yesterday. It was horrible to, to watch. It was, uh, you know, unappealing. And uh, that just kind of sums up Ever- Everton. And it's about time they go down because I, it, we're sick and tired of them. Um, putting on this fair, I feel sorry for their fans who have to watch it week in, week out. Yeah, Bird. I mean, I I, I totally agree uh, agree with uh, Ray. It was a little bit like playing Atletico Madrid at their ground. Uh, it's fair to say, I think that um, I think Erling Haaland uh, took a dim view of uh, their physical approach. Would you not agree? That's for Bernard. That's for me, mate. Sorry, yeah. sorry, is that for me, mate? Yeah, that's, I mean, for, you. that's yeah, for you. Of course, yeah. I've never seen him uh, as sort of, I've seen him wound up in a positive way, but obviously I think it was perhaps, it, it's good to get wound up, but you've got to sort of direct it in the proper way, and I think it's sort of... Bernard, he, he, was, he was looking to stick one on someone. I, I, yeah. I felt that right, I mean, right from the beginning. Yeah, you just knew. I mean, what we didn't need was for anyone to get themselves sent off. That was the problem. We didn't need to lose a player because that that game against that sort of team would have definitely been over if we'd gone down to 10 men. There's no way we would have been even getting a point, probably. He probably would have nicked a goal. Uh, and he just had to stay calm. And I wouldn't have minded someone on the pitch, you know, like like the captain who's there. Was it KDB yesterday? I'm not sure. Certainly KDB's a senior player anyway. Uh, to come over and calm him down a little bit because, say, after that initial thing, uh, it, it was wound up, but not in a not overly positive way. But all credit to him, at least, at least he, he got he got some of that back by uh, scoring the goal. Ray, I don't know why my dad likes Frank Lampard. I think it's probably because he married an, uh, a Northern Irish girl. But he always seems to have quite sympathy, quite a lot of sympathy for them. I don't, and I think this goes back, uh, guys. Do you remember? I think 
we never seemed to have like a, a a thing with Everton until I think we tried to sign Julian Lescott back in the day when Moyes was their manager. And then from that particular point forward, I, do, I don't know if you agree with me, there's been a bit of niggle between us that there shouldn't necessarily be. Is that for me? Uh, that, that's yeah. for you, Ray. A bit, yeah, look, there was a, there was a bit of niggle with uh, with a bit of Moisey, wasn't there, with, with Lescott coming over. That was a lot of niggle um, um, when we bought Julian Lescott. Um, and obviously we, we took stones after that. You'd have thought, you know, we've had players going back and forth, and Andy Hinchcliffe and managers like Joe Royal, uh, Howard Kendall. There's a lot um, of similarities, you'd say, between the clubs, you know, playing blue uh, for many years were the second dogs in, in the city. Um, but I think Everton fans are just, aren't they just sick and tired of, of, you know, they had the money and they blew it. Absolutely blew it, uh, and you know they they know they they ain't coming back. They, they mm-hmm. you know they need someone else to now buy the club to give them a chance. They had their their hundreds of millions. They spent it. You know, City very quickly made some mistakes buying flunkers like Wayne Bridge and Rocky Santa Cruz and, and all that. But within a couple of seasons, we sorted ourselves out. We went out and bought Silver, Aguero, Yaya. We were buying proper players. Everton blew their stash and uh, they ain't coming back. And, you know, I think now with the fans, there's a bit of jealousy. Uh, it's disappointing the, the City fans and some of the chants yesterday. And it weren't just one or two. There were hundreds singing that unappealing song. Um, talk, you know, um, feed the scousers, let, let them know it's Christmas time. And some other unsavory stuff. And you can call it banter or whatever, but... It's not necessary, and then Everton fans have a pop at City and everything else, and you know, it, yeah, it's just childish. Uh, you know, those those days are, should be long gone. So yeah, Everton fans, I think they're a bit jealous of what's happened at City. Um, you know, similar sort of club, and um, so there's a bit of animosity now for, for really no reason because where where pulls apart, and that's the only reason that is. It's because they're jealous of uh, of what we're we're, we're doing. It, it definitely it, it is, and um, we're lucky to have uh, Bernard with us because I'm going to put him on the spot a little bit just for the benefit of younger listeners, and um, and uh, ask uh, uh, Bernard. Bernard, do you do you remember the whole controversy about how Howard Kendall uh, came in, did a great job uh, initially for City, and then just like just slagged us off and went back to Everton. Do you remember those days? We were gutted. We were gutted. As fans, we were gutted. We we honestly thought, what what he did, he he, he sort of won us over. He, he sort of brought in these Everton, ex-play, Everton players, and we weren't very happy about it We were at, at the start. And then this guy won us over as fans. This guy sort of, we sensed we, we, we could be on the way back. And then obviously at the end of the day we were called was it we were called the mistress weren't we and he went back to his to his wife and that's what Everton was and it it all ended I think the very first game back at Goodison after he went back was a lot of animosity you know if you, you think the animosity that Ray was just mentioning there between the fans was bad uh, yesterday you want to have seen it that day and the, you know the, the animosity between the two sets of fans etc uh, when that happened uh, I, th- I think he managed to beat us as well the first time we, d- we did get some revenge after that but uh, yeah it was very disappointing uh, I do remember it because we, we honestly thought 
we thought he was a cracking manager and we thought he was going to stay with us and, and we thought we were on our way back at that stage. All right, we had lots of that, of course we did, but uh, certainly no reason why not at that stage with, with, with what we believed was, was an excellent manager. Yeah, just um, for the younger listeners, guys, if you go back and uh, go, possibly you might need to go back on to um, uh, maybe Wikipedia and read a little bit about this. He brought in um, Howard Kendall came. He was, um, you know, one of my favorite players, Paul Lake, says that um, Howard Kendall was his favorite manager. He was like really, really. I'll tell you what, tell our listeners to get onto my site. I've done three or four things on Howard Kendall over the two or three years I've been doing vlogs, so there's plenty of stuff on there as well. I, I, I spoke to Paul Lake on um, on BBC Radio, and he, he reckons that um, that he was um, a, a great uh, tactician, a good uh, manager. He bought players like um, Peter Reid, who succeeded him um, eventually. People that I didn't rate, like there was one particular player that I don't know why he brought in. It was Alan Harper um, at the time. Kind of like you know that uh, mustachioed, blonde-haired uh, player that wasn't, in in my view, um, very very good. Although when you read a little bit more um, about uh, his history, Howard Kendall, a little he liked he liked uh, the alcohol a wee bit too much, and he was one of those players, uh, one of those managers, a bit like sort of like Sam Allardyce, not not him particularly, but those older managers that like to. Um, curry favour with players by taking them into the bar, you know, before or after a game. But it has sort of, there, there is a bit of history between us, and um, uh, certainly there were there were a lot of people our age, it, it seemed, uh, in the uh, in the support, and they were giving it uh, uh, large. But we did, we did, um, we did take the lead, and let's talk about this um, particular goal. It was Haaland again. The, uh, I think Ray, the one or the tiny thing that gives me a little bit of pleasure about this game was that Haaland uh, uh, continued his scoring run. Absolutely. I mean, you know, um, it is. But I will say it's a cause of concern that the kids got twenty-one league goals and we're seven points off the top of the table. It's a crazy. No, not honestly. No one would believe that. No one would believe that, um, uh, which, which is shocking. But yeah, that, the Haaland goal, I think uh, Grealish passed it across out wide to, I think it was Grealish passed it to Mares, who did some jiggery poker inside the box. He stepped one way, he stepped other way, uh, and he, he sold um, uh, the two uh, Everton defenders a dummy, uh, and then he flicked it inside to um, Haaland, and he actually put it behind Haaland, but Haaland's so good, he just, you know, wrapped his foot around it, um, got a decent enough connection. Uh, Pickford got his hands to it and actually diverted it away from the defender on the line who might have been able to uh, prevent it from going in. Uh, and it was 1-0 and we thought, yeah, we got a goal. Haaland scored again um, and we're going to step up now and we're going to go on from here. But <laughs> that was the end of the good news, wasn't it? Bernard, it was a, it was a beautiful piece of play for from uh, Mares, and um, he he is obviously not a one-trick pony. I know what he likes to do. Everyone knows what he likes to do. Start off on that right-hand side, cut in, and perhaps him um, curl uh, a beamer into the into the corner. But he can also set up um, 
uh, passes for um, attacking players as well. That was behind Haaland. Uh, that was a very difficult goal to score, I thought. Yeah, he was slightly off, but he had to come back. He was off He was off balance. And as Ray pointed out there, I honestly, went, when he actually hit the ball, I thought, it's going to be saved, this. It's not going to go in the net because it was literally heading straight for the defender and Agent Pickford uh, stick, sticks an hand out and guides it past his own defender. So it works out okay. But all credit to Al, all credit to Mares. It's, it's all right knowing what he's going to do. It's stopping him, isn't it? And it was a hell of a pack box. I think they must have had 20 players in the box. I don't know how many players were actually in the box when that went in, but uh, uh, just to find Haaland, as I said, players seem to automatically lay off him, give him a little bit of space sometimes, and that's the magic of Haaland. And, yeah, it was a superb finish. He got it on target, and that's all you can do as a striker in that position. It was instinctive. Get it on target. Get a little bit of luck, and that's what we did, and it's 1-0. And for me, there's no way, 1-0, uh, the old song, That's Why We're Champions, there's no way we're going to lose. We've got we're going to have anything but a victory for me because Everton are never going to score, in my opinion, at that stage. I, I couldn't see it. I thought, this is it. 1-0, it could be 2-3-4 by the end of it. Well, Ray, uh, let's just uh, take a sidebar here and um, and uh, ask you a question that I've had um, on Twitter about your opinion about the continuing um, progress or lack of lack of thereof of 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 Rico Lewis. Um, uh, what 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 are your opinions there? I thought you were going to talk about Jack Grealish. I was going to get out the word banker again. No, um, we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Rico Lewis. Um, it's the thing is he's not playing at right back. That's the first no. thing to notice. He's playing. Uh, he's we're basically playing three at the back with uh, John Stones out on the right. Um, Kanji in the middle and um, Aki on the left, which doesn't give us much attacking, you know, nice uh, out wide from uh, from our defenders. Rico Lewis is kind of playing alongside Rodri in midfield. He can go out wide on, uh, to help uh, the defence. He can um, basically be a pivot or a, or a wall in midfield. And he can go occasionally up and help uh, Mares out wide. Um, he's look. He's he's doing a decent job. He's not doing anything spectacular. Now you might argue Rodri doesn't do anything spectacular, but you you know you notice it when he's not there. Um, and Rico Lewis isn't doing anything spectacular. He's doing what he's I guess he's been asked to do. He you know it's it's a numbers game. It's a, you know it's, Pep works on his strategy and whatever. It's a system. And uh, Lewis is, do, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's fitting in well with that, but he's not showing anything. I would say exceptional. You know, he's it's great having his pace because we can generally leave him at the back at, uh, for a, you know when we go up for a corner or something, knowing that he's probably going to win a foot race with with any uh, attacker. Um, but you know. As I said, he's not doing anything spectacularly well. He's just gonna keep sticking in those seven out of ten performances, and you know, in some games, uh, he will shine. We've seen that a couple of times this season. Um, so yeah, his his progress is is good. The fact he's keeping Kyle Walker um, out of the side at the starting eleven uh, is something um, important to know. Um, and going forwards. Let's hope he can continue to develop. 18 years old now. Maybe in two or three years' time, he'll be number one. 
uh, at City and we'll have another kid coming through as a supporting act. So it's it's good to see that uh, local kids having a chance at City. Yeah, obviously, um, I think Bernard would agree with that. Lots of time to develop for him. Uh, he's looking good earlier on. But um, one thing I did want to ask Bernard about was um, that tackle by Erling Haaland on Michael Lenko. Um, it, it, um, uh, I, 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 I've watched it several times, uh, Bernard, but there, uh, there doesn't look to be anything other than controlled violence in that in that particular tackle that I saw. What did you think? Yeah, I mean the referee obviously madly is one of the. Uh, least experienced, isn't he? We lost. We lost, I know. I know we were glad to lose them, but we lost two or three really experienced referees, didn't we, at the end of last season? And obviously, we ended up with people like Madley, who I think that was the only sixth time he's actually refed uh, City. He's not. He's not usually one for showing a lot of cards, but yeah, I think uh, Ireland probably got away with it a little bit uh, because of what had happened before. But yeah, as I said, that was forty-four minutes. That was just before half time. He should have, he should, have, he scored, he scored his goal. He rubbed it in the faces of, of the Toffees. He got his own back on twenty-four minutes. He should have really, all right. The probably he was probably still getting fouled and kicked by Everton. But that's how they play. He should have really calmed down by them. So it's a little bit disappointing. As I said, fortunately, Madley gave him a little bit of leeway on that, and he just got away with with a booking, and that did calm him down again a little a little bit. So. Uh, yeah, a bit silly, but uh, sort of got away with it. Yeah, he definitely did uh, get away with it. And um, guys, if you if you've listened to um, five years of uh, us uh, on this particular podcast, you you do know that I do like a little bit of control violence uh, amongst uh, defenders. I was a big fan of Tony Adams, uh, but um, anyway, uh, Ray, we ended up at the end of the game as just shooting ahead. Eleven minutes of um, of at a time, and one of the reasons was there was some kind of issue between, like the referee and his headset or his battery pack or something like that. Did did it's you did you uh, did you figure out what went what was going uh, on there? Oh look, mate, I was at the match. We we uh, us match going fans don't get told anything. We don't see replays. We don't see controversial incidents. Uh, and we don't. We have no idea what's going on, um, and uh, so you know. I, I think in the past, I had to, I've had to have like if you've got if if the game's on uh, BT, then I, I get me get me phone out and I, I I can watch, you know the high um, the replays there because we don't see them in the ground. It, it's pathetic. So we had no idea. We knew it someone was on with the uh, with his batteries or the electronics, but. Must have taken best part of ten minutes to sort that out. It was pathetic. You know, players were getting cold. They actually, after a few minutes, got a ball on the pitch and just passing it around because you know you're asking them to to um, spend spend seven, eight, ten minutes just standing around. The bodies are going to cool. You know, and it's a big risk, obviously, to to get end up getting pulling a muscle or something. So. Um, I don't know what the thing was, and I think um, you know. Really, after a couple of minutes, they should have said, "Stuff this," you know. Um, let the tech people try and sort it out. But they should have got on with the game, got on with the game. And uh, if the tech people could have sorted it out behind the scenes, the next breaking play, 
reattached the battery pack or whatever the thing was and got on with the game because you know people who've got trains to catch and stuff like that so they've got to leave at a certain time they lost 10 minutes of the game you know there's no there's no honestly there's no concern for match going fans most of what you see is uh what's the right word it's a blatant attempt to make money out of us and there's a lot of window dressing about you know how much they care for as match going fans. They're not really. We're just walking wallets, and they would just like, would like us to open and let our money uh, flutter out. And that's basically how I think how most clubs or the top clubs see their fans these days. It's so commercial, and so yeah, you know, we had no idea what was going on, and it's pathetic. And at some point, it'd be nice to know what's going on. Put something on the big screen. Let us know what's happening. Well, let's go over to Bernard for, for the next particular issue that we're going to talk about because it was shortly after that Jack Grealish went down with like um, some kind of uh, knee injury. That obviously added on a whole bunch of minutes, which resulted in the 11 minutes or so of added on time at the game. And that was something that was a feature, Bernard, in, in the World Cup where obviously people had decided that they were going to like they're just going to chalk up every single wasted minute and uh, put that on at the end of the game. Are you a fan of that, or what do you think, Bernard? I was a fan of it in the World Cup, yes, but obviously the the Premier League year haven't said they're going to do it. The, or, you know, But obviously 11 minutes seemed OK. Most people thought it should have been 20 minutes, but I thought it worked superbly in the, in the World Cup. I thought it was absolutely stopped. It stopped a lot of players' mind in the minds to thinking, well, if I waste time, it's going to get added on anyway. We're never going to get home, you know, back to the pool, back to the uh, sun lounger. So, you know, sort of, uh, for me, I've not seen any stats on how many minutes the ball's, ball was in play in the World Cup, but I'd be very, very surprised if, it, if it's not in, increased markedly on what it would be normally. And it, I thought it worked superbly in the World Cup because it did stop, it made players think more. And then they, they weren't wasting the time that we, you know, Pickford uh, couldn't have strolled around his, uh, his six-yard box before he took a free kick. He knew he had to get on with it. So, yeah, I thought it worked superbly. But as I said, I'm not aware that the Premier League have uh, instigated anything. I've certainly not heard about anything, but I'd love something similar to be to be put in. Well, Ray, let's jump forward a, a, a little bit uh, to talk about Everton's goal. Now, in my view, that 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 was a great goal. You did miss out one um, one thing that actually was just before the okay uh, okay. Down. It's it is, it is quite important. Haaland got fouled by Godfrey. Uh, ref uh, give a free kick and Haaland, he was like giving the old Viking roar with his two fists in the air because he'd been given a free kick. You know, I think <laughs> he thought everybody was against him. Uh, he was still re- raging. He was raging inside. He was mad. And KDP put the cross in um, and I think it was John Stones got his head to yeah. it. Haaland yeah. was behind him. Oh, yeah, it. yeah. I hit the post. I think that's worth mentioning because let's be honest, there weren't too many talking points in the game. So it was a bit unlucky. It's one of those things. If you know, if, if Stones had missed it, could would Haaland have scored? Who knows? But you'd like to think he could have got that on target. Uh, and and then you know, then we had that kerfuffle with Haaland and, uh, with his diving in. Um, but going back to your original thing about the Everton goal, I was you know I thought if I could talk longer, if I did, I wouldn't have to talk about the goal. But um, Demari Gray picks the ball up. Okay, he gets the ball. And we had three players around him. 
um, who were chasing, chasing back with him. And he gets to our, our box. He has nowhere to go, no one to really pass to. He stops, turns around, look, looking for someone to pass it to. And our three players who are around him just ran away. <laughs> you know, I think, he, I think he actually falls over, though, doesn't he, Rick? I don't think he... I can't remember. How, but yeah, the, I mean, he, he actually slipped. He actually slipped. Rico yeah. Lewis, the wonder, Rico Lewis, our wonderful right-back, he's just looking at him five yards away. Akanji's been sold by a little feint. He's yeah. he's out of the game like he was when I watched him play for Swindle, uh, Switzerland, where he just you know he got he got sold out by a good player. He he's been sold out as though the ball's going to go to the left, so he's out of it. Yeah. Rico Lewis is just watching on, and and Rail explained that this guy for oh sod it. <laughs> yeah, well he, he he cut inside and said, well you know let's have a dip, um, and you know a lot of people saying it's a wonder goal. And all that, um, you know, I've only seen, I saw it live. I thought, blooming heck, how did it, you know, I, but I, I actually said, I said at the time he's going to shoot, you know, whilst we were standing off him. And, I, and as soon as he hit it, I thought, it's a goal. You know, Edison basically didn't move. And I was, he just waited till it nestled in. I, I did be clapped because I, you know, I, I said I, I expected him to be scoring there. Uh, really was. <sighs> It was disappointing the way we conceded. You know, Everton were not in the game. They hadn't turned up. They, they offered nothing and they didn't deserve. They absolutely didn't deserve to be in the game. And we'd, we'd you know, lackadaisically complacency, whatever. We'd given them a goal that they didn't deserve. And I just thought, you know, we haven't. But up to that point, I was I was talking to Stefan next to me. I said, we're showing no urgency. We're showing no desire to get that second goal. And we're leaving a team in the game, a poor team. We're leaving them in the game. And they're going to look for the, you know, for that fluke, uh, that lucky break. And we're going to get done. And I said, I've got uh, um, Brentford vibes in that game. Brentford vibes because we weren't bothered, honestly, you know. Um, and yeah, so it's a cracking goal from the kid. Can't take anything away from him. Bernard will tell us if you know uh, about um, Edison's positioning or whether he could have saved it or whether it was a worldie. Uh, but it was bitterly disappointing to see that ball uh, go in, and you know we'd contributed to them scoring. Well, let's go over to Bernard because um, um, yes, uh, of course Ray Ray was right. Apologies, guys, I did. <laughs> miss out on that uh, John Stone's header. That was um, uh, quite a crucial point. But I don't know, Bernard. I don't know if Ederson could have done very much about that. No, I'm going to just say as well, it was uh, a lack of concentration further up the pitch that uh, led to Gray running away. It was Rodri who made a, a piss-poor yeah. pass. And uh, I'm sorry, we, we do sing the praises of Rodri, but again, it was just a lack of concentration that led to that. As far as uh, Ederson, I mean, as goalkeepers... You see it lots and lots of times, uh, and I did it. We all do it. All goalkeepers do it. You tend to dive at sometimes, even though you're not. You know you're not going to get anywhere near the ball. It's just instinct. And I thought Edison just thought I may as well not bleed in bother, and he just left it. It's as simple as that. He wasn't getting to it. Not a goal. All right, to get the hey, I might have got to it, knowing how lucky he is. But I, I couldn't see a goalie stopping that one. And I honestly thought it was going over at one stage. I'm in the south stand. It just looked to me as though it was going to go over. It sort of tipped under the bar just at the last minute. I was absolutely devastated, but I certainly won't blame Edison for it. I, bl I blame Rodri and I blame our defence who didn't didn't handle it earlier. Simple as that. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a fair uh, summary of the of of that particular situation. Um, I don't know, Ray. Did you feel that another goal was coming? Um, well, I, I thought Everton was suddenly in the game. They were invigorated, not reinvigorated, because they were never invigorated to start with. They, they, you know, but they were suddenly in the game, and actually, they looked equally as likely to score as we did. Um, and it, that actually was better was better for the game because it was a crap game up to that point, and at least when it was a bit more open and. Um, you know that probably gave us a better chance to score against Everton because they thought they could get three points rather than just the one. Um, so they, you know, they, they put a bit more effort in. But the one thing I, I just remember now, especially when they were losing, but even more so when it was one all, they started pressing properly. They started, you know, really wanting it because they believed they could get something out of this. Um, and you know, City wobbled a little bit, and they thought they could get the, all, all the three, three points. So, you, but there was so much time left. There was so much time left. We knew there'd be injury time. We actually it should have been at least fifteen minutes, um, but it was on, only eleven. But so we knew there was plenty of time. We thought, yep, yeah, will put some subs on any minute now. Any minute now. Any no, all right, okay, forget that. Pep did his usual. He didn't bother with the subs until very, very late in the game. Um, but we, I thought we'd step it up. We had, we played with a little bit more urgency, uh, even more so when we made the three substitutions with just a few minutes to go. Um, but I, I, you know, look, you're, we're, we're City fans. We've seen us do it uh, late on in, in so, so many times, and we're just thinking, yep, yeah, you know, we'll get this. Hopefully, we'll pull this out of the bag, but uh, it was not to be. Yeah, Bernard, I'll disagree a little bit with Ray because I thought after that particular goal went in, City did lay siege to uh, the Leeds goal, but um, they were very stout in defence. And um, one thing that struck me was that um, after that uh, goal went in, um, looked across at Pep and he just uh, took a swig from a bottle of water and it looked like he was thinking to himself, yeah, yeah, okay, but we'll, we'll, we'll win this. We'll win this. We'll score another one. But we did not. What were you thinking, Bernard? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think the Everton bench are probably uh, happy that he didn't kick the bottle at him, isn't he, after the, obviously that uh, Leeds thing the other, the other night where he threw it at the, uh, at the Leeds bench. But that was quite funny. But no, I, I have to agree with Ray. Yes, we did up the game. Of course we did. But did we look like doing anything bef- before that goal went in? Of course we're going to up the game. But what's wrong in the 65th, 66th minute? All right, don't bring three subs on. But for God's sake, bring bring Foden and Alvarez on. Alvarez, give him half an hour. He's just won the bloody World Cup, for God's sake. Give him half an hour, Pep. Don't bring him on in the 87th minute. And all right, he's got 87 plus 11 minutes injury time to do it. But... You know, bring him on in the 65th, 66th minute just to change things up, just to make it a little bit different to what it has been. Because it wasn't working, it didn't work. And to bring him on in the 87th minute, the three players was fair enough. But as I said, but just bring two on, just bring two of them on in the 66th minute and then see how it goes. Bring Foden and Alvarez on. I'm sure, you know, I think we could have won that game. We should have won that game even when we let him equalise. But at the end of the day, Pep knows best. And uh, we ended up with one point. Exactly, guys. And um, I'm just going to encourage uh, both of the guys again, just go over to uh, the BBC website, take a look at the results and the table. Now, this is quite interesting, guys. 
Chelsea dropped two points at Nottingham Forest. Would you believe that? And Tottenham got spanked 2-0 by Aston Villa just um, just tonight. And um, one of the things that um, I remember very keenly from the last pod was um, I was asking Ray about, you know, the top the, the fight for the top four. And I mentioned um, Arsenal, of course, Newcastle. And uh, I remember very keenly when I mentioned Tottenham, Ray scoffed, and that is S-C-O-F-F-E-D, scoffed at me about that. And uh, it proved that, uh, once again, Ray was right. Um, there's something wrong with them, Ray. It happens occasionally that I'm right. They've, you know, they're... they're... <laughs> Tottenham, Tottenham are shocking. Um, you know they keep letting goals in um, before they put up their fight back. And if you look at some of their their recent results, um, you, you got to ask ask yourself how the hell are they how how the hell have they been up there? I mean they lost at home to to Villa. That's nice for Un, was it Unai Emery um, mm-hmm. showing that you know uh, a, a proper manager what they can achieve, you know. Are you watching Mr. Gerrard? Because, um, yeah, Mr. Gerrard was was shocking uh, whilst he was there. Um, but when I'm just going to look through some, some of their, 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 their recent results. They, obviously, they had the game against uh, Brentford where they went 2-0 down, got lucky. They came back uh, there. They, they lost at home to Liverpool. Got, um, they scraped home against Leeds. I don't think they played that much in December, uh, obviously because of the um, <laughs> World Cup. Um, so, but you know they, they've been letting goals in, they've been leaking goals. They, they came back against Bournemouth back in October. I think they were two 0 down. They come back to win that three um, two. So they have, you know, managed to, uh, a few recoveries. But you know, I think um, Conte's partly he's been found out because. You know, it's not as if he's not spent a few quid. It's not as if he's not got some decent players. You know, right, uh, Conte. It doesn't sound like he fancies staying there. Oh, but he, but he, but in, he's on such a big wedge that um, he's not going to walk out and legally doesn't want to sack him because I think he's on about fifteen million quid a year. Now, you know, you could say if he sacks him now, he's in, he's in the last six months of his contract. Let him take six, seven, eight million. Get Poch back. And uh, get cracking again because hang on, he, they've got play, players in that side that would fit into top six clubs. So they've got um, Son. I mean, you'd take Son every day of the week, mate. They've got Harry Kane. They've got mm-hmm. Kuliszewski. They've got um, I can't remember. There's, there's at least another one or two half decent players that people say, yeah, you know, won't mind having them. Um, so. It's not as if they're they're rubbish. I mean, that's why obviously they're up there uh, in, in the top five. I think now, fifth or sixth on the table. You know, when you got players like Kane and Son and Kulishevsky, you can do stuff. And Richarlison, when he was fit, you know, I don't rate him myself, but you know, he's 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 a proven half decent Premier League player. So it's it's a mixture of Conte because he's went he's went out and bought some players, and it's a mixture of uh, poor investment because their defense is crap. Um, and and Conte's tactics are shocking, you know. You know the way Conte's going to play. He's going to play pragmatic uh, and, and hope, um, you know, play a defensive mindset and, and rely on people like Kulishevsky, Kane and Son to, to do the business and score the goals. But, you know, uh, getting booed off again by their home fans, 
because it's it's par fair. They, you know, they I think they'd rather um, finish fifth playing a better brand of football under Poch than what uh, Conte is doing right now. So uh, long may their suffering continue. Let's go over to Bernard and um, ask Bernard this question. Now, Bernard, the, the teams uh, in and around us, particularly Arsenal and uh, Newcastle, and to a certain extent, uh, Man United, we're, we're going to forget about Tottenham and Liverpool at the moment. But um, can they sustain this, uh, Bernard? Well, there's no reason why Arsenal can't. I mean, all they have to do is look at our results and get inspired, and that's what's happening. Uh, they only had to look at our result yesterday to go to Brighton. And from what I didn't see the game, from what I've read, uh, they were a little bit lucky at times. But hey, so that's what that's what champions are sometimes. You know, you go away and you win 4 2. I'll take that every day of the week. Uh, so, yeah, there's absolutely no reason why Arsenal. I mean, they're looking at us and thinking, hey, we're, they're slipping up. We've got a young team, we're enthusiastic. Uh, we're still doing it. There's a long way to go, of course, there is. Uh, Newcastle slipped up, didn't they, yesterday with a home draw against Leeds. So I think they've drawn seven now, haven't they, in the, in the Premier League. So that's going to be their downfall. They're drawing far too many games. But, uh, yeah, I, I do worry. I mean, the next three league games, uh, I can see us beating Chelsea. I think we're due a win against Tottenham. But there's some other team we've got to play as well that's uh, sat in fourth at the moment. And I'll be honest with you, we've got a cracking record there over the last few years. But... I'm I'm a little bit negative about this season's game. I think I don't think United are that good, but I think I think uh, momentum wise, uh, as long as they win the next one that they play, I'm not sure who they play next, but uh, I, I think it'll cause us a few problems. So I, I don't think we'll get nine points out of the next three games. But uh, certainly Arsenal have got Newcastle uh, on Tuesday night. If Arsenal win that and we're ten points behind going into that Chelsea game and we don't get maximum points. Uh, why not? Why can't Arsenal just carry on? That he could afford, they could afford to probably lose four games for the first time ever this season. We can't, we can't stop Arsenal winning the league. It's, it's out of our hands now. Even if we beat them twice, they could still win the league. So, I, I think everything's Arsenal's way, and the bookies are seeing that as well. The, uh, it's very closing now. The gap between City and Arsenal, as far as the favouritism is concerned, I think City are eight to eleven now. I think we were one to five a few games ago. Uh, and Arsenal is something like nine, you know, uh, sort of fifteen to eight, uh, seven to four. So they're not usually far wrong. Why not? I, I'm, I, I would honestly say at this point in time, I, I think Arsenal are, are the favourites. Well, Arsenal, uh, that that boggles my mind, Ray. Um, what do you? What are, uh, the the fact that everyone's putting their money on Arsenal? No one's putting the money on. It's 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 because they're winning, man. It's because he's seven points clear. You know, uh, no matter how much people think City will, you know, claw it back, we've just seen, if you look at the last three league games, we've dropped five points on Arsenal. We were two points behind them when we, went, when we played Brentford. So we, we're now we're seven points behind. And, um, yeah, look, you know, who, who's to say we're going to beat them twice? What if they beat us twice? <laughs> it's gone. You know, mm-hmm. it's sad looking at the table sometimes when you think, hang on, Manchester United, who are shit, uh, all right, they got a bit better re- recently. They're just four points behind us. That mm-hmm. That's not pleasant reading. Um, Liverpool, who were, who were 13 points behind us, are now catching us up. They're eight points behind, and they picked up five points on us. Um so it is, is a bit of a concern. You know, Newcastle are already two points behind us. Okay, we've got a game in hand. But 
you know, people talk about, oh, well, last season we had, you know, only 34, uh, was it 38 points after 16 games and blah, blah, blah. But Arsenal, Arsenal, 16 games, they've only dropped points twice. They've only dropped points twice. So, you know, um, okay, do I think Arsenal can go through the next 16 games and only drop points twice? No, I don't. But they've got opportunities to get some draws. I mean, they could pick up three draws and, you know, we might not still catch them. We wouldn't catch them if they got, th- you know, drop I mean, it's points. It's getting staged where we can't afford to drop points anymore. Arsenal can, but we can't afford yeah. to keep dropping points. Said, and that's the problem. I think it was John Stones who said it's now. We've got Every game is a must-win game. We've got to win it, aim to win every game in the league. And, and I can tell you for free, that ain't happening. You know, for us to win the league this season, I said it before the game, we need to win a minimum of 28 games, in my opinion, um, to win the league this season. 30 games, you're probably going to win the league or you're going to be in the shake-up. For us to win, for us to now win 28 games, we've got to win 17 of the next 22. That's hard. That's hard when you've got... You know, we've got to still play Newcastle. We've got to play United. We've got to play Spurs twice. So we've got to play Liverpool. Liverpool. We've got to play Arsenal twice. That's hard. I'm Chelsea. So, for you know, only a top team will win 17 out of 22 games. And honestly, we're not we're not as good as we were. We're certainly not as good as what we used to be. Um, we don't have the control over games that we used to have. And as I said, we're letting in far too many goals um you know which is massive disappointment well let, let me put this question to uh, bernard i think that uh, at the moment we can probably forget at the moment fulham chelsea and brighton but um someone did put an interesting question to me on the on the bftb twitter account um and i'm going to aim it i'm going to aim this question at you bernard is it time, maybe, for Pep to take the shackles off um, Julian Alvarez and let's see what this little guy can do? Yeah, well, I think uh, I mentioned to Ray earlier, there's a, a Steve McInerney commented about City's best 11. And I think, obviously, the front three, uh, 90% of the City fans, were, you know, he has quite a lot of replies on it. He's got, he's got quite a big account. And the front three was, was generally... Haaland, Foden and Alvarez. I mean, everyone's sort of going with that. That That is everyone's magical fantasy league front three. Uh, at the moment, Pep doesn't want to do it. Pep doesn't want to play that. But he's got to do something with Alvarez now. He's going to be under extreme pressure to do it. As I say, God's sake, man, give him, give him half an hour yesterday. He, don't, he couldn't even do that. So I don't have a lot of faith in Pep doing that. But I'm sure... As long as, he's, as he thinks it'll fit his system, whatever his system is at the moment, I'm not overly sure what it is. We've got inverted full-backs uh, rampaging forward, full-backs. I don't know what the hell we're playing at the moment. It's certainly not a system we've played before. So, yeah, I mean, I think most City fans would, would go for that. But at the moment, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to play Foden. Uh, he didn't want to play Alvarez before the World Cup. He may be more tempted to now because he's shown he's a... He's a uh, he's, he's like Jesus, he's a nuisance, but he's got qualities that Jesus didn't have, and it's as simple as that. And he knows that when he brought him in, he knows he knows exactly what Alvarez can give the team. He's not bloody stupid, so he's got to take that that plunge. But you know, he's also got to answer questions on people like Walker 
and Cancelo and stuff, and what the hell's going on? You know, why why are we not seeing these players? So he's got a lot of thinking to do, and the trouble is the games are thick and fast now, and it's it's not going to be easy. Well, let's aim that at Ray. Ray, um, I would argue, along with thousands of others, that what Bernard has said is correct. Our best front three is going to be Haaland through the middle, uh, Phil Foden on the left, and Julian Alvarez on the right. And I, for the life of me, can't see what's um, holding Pep back on that one. I said it before the game yesterday. If if you watch my streams, Mike, um, I think I said... I I do, Ray, I do. (laughs) But I said that's the front three that, that we want, and that's the front three that's... First of all, it's got more pace. It's got more pace than Maris and Grealish out wide. It's got, certainly with Foden, a lot more trickery. Um, and I just think Julian Alvarez, look, you know, why you prayed him before the game with his World Cup medal. Argentina trusted him. Did they not? They trusted him. And he, he came I mean, to Lionel Messi celebrated him. Yeah. So they had the faith in him. Look. Pep may be the best manager in the world and blah, blah, blah and all that. But I've said it before, he can still make mistakes. And I, I seriously think um, Alvarez should be starting games. And if you want the rest of my team, it'll be Rodri, um, Bernardo. KDB. Edison just squeezes in in goal. Uh, on the right, I'd still have Kyle Walker, Johnny Stones, uh, Akanji. And on the left... Wow. Um, Cancelo. Cancelo hasn't, hasn't, got a, hasn't got a game in the last uh, three games. Yeah, but he's not, he's not good enough, in my opinion. He's, he, you know, he, he certainly is going forward. He's not. Actually, go look at his stats. He, he looks exciting that he can take players on, he can cut inside. You know, he's shot, he shoots all over the place. Um, and sometimes I want to be a bit more pragmatic. I want a better defender. I want a fellow who can defend. You know, I, I, you look at other teams and say, okay, Spurs, I, I've mentioned them earlier, but they, with a better defence, Spurs would be all right because they, they they were just, under Conte anyway, they'd just leave three or four players to go and score the goals. And that's it, you know, uh, quality players. Uh, we're relying on, you know, I, 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 sometimes I ask myself, why do we need so many players Passing the ball around just for the sake of passing it. Well, around. I, I've I've got a great question for Bernard um, that someone put to me, and they said, "Forget Cancelo as a as a defender. Put him on the left or the right wing, and buy yourselves a decent defender." What do you think, Bernard? Well, probably I might have said that part of last season, but I've certainly not been able to say it this season. I mean, obviously, we get the old outside of the right boot uh, crosses coming in. Uh, certainly, last season was far more effective, as Ray stated there. I don't think uh, Cancelo will be playing in that team now if Pep had faith in him. Pep's lost a little bit of faith in him. I don't think he had the greatest World Cup. I don't think Pep saw anything in that World Cup to inspire him uh, to play him any any differently to what he has been trying to do with him. So no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd rather buy someone who can do the job as a a left or a right winger, and uh, yeah. Cancelo can probably um, move on elsewhere because he's I, certainly not a defender. I totally agree but, with what Ben had said. I would rather get a proper left winger. You know, we had that in Leroy Sane 
Um, you know, and, and I said earlier, you got the pace of Leroy Sani on one side, Sterling on the other. That causes chaos. You know, um, if Jack Grealish had decent turn of foot, he'd be uh, an incredible player. Because I've got, I've got a perfect, yeah. I've got a perfect question for Ray. Um, the, the, someone said, Ray, right now, right now, would you swap Jack Grealish? For Leroy Sané, Bayern to Man City. I'm, I just, uh, I've got my keys. I'm, I'm just running to the car <laughs> to the airport. Two, you're right, I would. I, I, I said yesterday, I would swap Jack Grealish for James McAtee. I would. McAtee mm-hmm. in the championship for Sheffield United is on loan from City. He's got a cracking goal last week. Um, ran the full length of the pitch. I'd do it because for me, Jack yeah. Grealish, did you see that goal he scored for Sheffield United? Yeah, I just talked about it. That, that's how I t- why I talked about it. It's because I saw it. Um, and I've seen it about 30 times. He ran the length of the pitch. The thing is, I'm sorry, but Jack Grealish isn't offering us enough. You can see mm-hmm. he's offering Bits and Pete, he's not offering us enough for what City want to do, where we want to be, winning the Champions League, winning the league. He's not offering enough, you know, because one of the th- reasons is he hasn't got the pace. He's got some decent dribbling ability. He can hold the ball and he can draw fouls. But I- I'm not bothered about drawing fouls unless you're in the box. I don't care about drawing fouls. OK, uh, unless we've got a wizard on free kicks, I don't care about draw, drawing fouls. There's no point, you know. He drew a, a few fouls, you know, ten yards inside the opposition half. Don't care, not, not do any damage. Um, we need pace. We need pace out wide. That's what defenders are frightened of. And far too often, our wide men are passing the ball back. Far too often, or they're slowing the game down. I don't want that. We look our most dangerous when we've got the ball moving quickly. Uh, and, and defenders, they just can't deal with it when you're passing the ball quickly, moving it quickly, don't not giving them time to um, get back in position and, and uh, set up properly. We need some pace. We we, we desperately need some pace. And um, look, Pep's trying to change things up, uh, change things around, uh, offer you know make us a different team. Haaland does that. Um, you know, there is that question. Despite all his goals, does he make us? A weaker team? Are we just looking at him? Uh, it's hard to say, but Pep, Pep needs to do some out wide. So Cancelo, nah. You know, um, if, if you're going to have somebody out wide, I want a proper, proper winger. For me, I want that kid from Napoli. Um, Who's uh, the kid from Napoli? Is it a Ukrainian kid? I, I can't. I'm not even going to have a go. I, I mentioned him a few weeks ago. You, you mean the, the one with the unpronounceable name? Bernard knows, Bernard knows how to pronounce his name, don't you? <laughs> Shut off, dude. <laughs> well, he's, he's from Ukraine, isn't he? Yeah, I think we, we all know who you mean. But uh, guys, yeah. let's stop, let's stop it. Oh, it's Georgia, sorry. I'm going to go for Kovicha, uh, Yeah, I, I think we know the one you mean. Let's stop here. Let's stop here, guys, because I think Ray has got to go. But we'll give the final word to Bernard and say, Bernard... Um, what about our next game? What are our prospects? Yeah, well, we've got to go to, to the bridge again and get a victory. We were quite capable of doing that. Uh, as I say, Conte's uh, not, not you know, he's a bit uh, pragmatic, as Ray was saying. And uh, all right, it might be a tight one, but we need to go there, get a result, because uh, there's certainly uh, 
bigger fish to fry after that one. I, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. going to disappoint you, but it's a Potter at the bridge now, isn't it? Not Conti. It's oh, what? sorry, Potter. I'm running about Conti. Sorry, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My apologies, Mr. Potter. Sorry, Mr. Potter. He has to. He has to. Hopefully, not turn into Harry Potter again and uh, stick with his Brian Potter. That's that's what we want. A Brian Potter, not a Harry Potter. My my mistake. <laughs> well, guys, uh, that, that it, it's. I think that the, the two guys have summed up pretty much exactly how we're feeling. We've got to leave it here. Ray's got to get off, and um, and um, obviously Burns got to get some sleep. But um, let's just uh, stop it here, and um, let's have some final thoughts, guys, because we're all very depressed about this. But let's go to Ray for some final thoughts. Look, we've had a good run. We won four out of the last five Premier Leagues. Winning three on the trot is extremely difficult. Um, City, under Pepper, we've, we've always been good at coming from behind. Um, so, you know, I, I don't see why, you know, uh, we can't do that again. Arsenal, you know, last season, they were home and holes for top four and uh, they blew it. So we've got to hope that they, uh, they are un- you know, unable to sustain this devastating run of form that they're in uh, under at the moment. Um, they drop a point here or there. Maybe that Newcastle, you know, um, maybe Newcastle are the ones, if they go there thinking they can win and, and going for it, maybe they can go and beat Arsenal. And that get, that that will open the, the title race up right again because obviously Newcastle will then be six points behind Arsenal. If we win our game, we would be four points behind and uh, title race is up. And don't, Ignore Liverpool, and uh, they're on 28 points. That's only only eight points behind. It sounds like a lot, but we're not playing good enough, um, really. So don't ignore them. But yeah, you know, there's still plenty of points to play for. You know, we can still get to somewhere in. We've got 22 games to go, so we can still get 102 points, guys. We can still be centurions. So um, you never know. There's, there's only two. There's in the recent history, there's only been two clubs that can put a string of 10 wins on the banks together. That's been City and Liverpool. Um, so, you know, we've got to hope that we, we can do it again. Well, guys, as we finish, let me give the final word to Bernard. Bernard, do you think I should be um, uh, changing over from watching the Anfield rap to Arsenal fan TV just, oh, to, uh, just to see this? Can you can you imagine? Can you imagine what Arsenal fan TV is like? I don't even watch it. I, don't, I have no idea. I'd love to know what it's like at the moment from a uh, a sort of masochistic point of view. I'll send uh, you the so... links. I'll send you the links. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're all right. I'll, I'll give it a miss. Listen, seven points is nothing. We know it's not. But what we have to do, what Pep has to do, is start putting that team out and getting results. Because if we're going to turn around and play before other teams and put in a a poor performance, which is, I'm being kind, a poor performance against Everton, both by some of the players and certainly by Pep, in my in my opinion. Then we, we give them we give them hope. We give them we give them that bounce to go into their game and get something. So we're going to have to stop knock doing that. We're going to have to knock that on the head, and we're going to have to be lethal. And if we're not lethal, yes, we we won't we won't go back the back to back to back. Of course we won't. But it's seven points, plenty of games to go. So come on, City. All right, lads, let's leave it right there for now. Um, I really, really enjoyed this with the guys. Um, I feel a little bit better than I did um, at the beginning of this pod. I'm really grateful for my two friends who were with me uh, tonight. So we'll stop here. 
And uh, guys, uh, we'll be back with you after the next game. Of course we will. And we'll just leave it here right now by, by saying, as we always do, have one of us and up the blues. Up the blues. <laughs>